Welcome to Spritz and Scrums, a podcast by three Benetton fans with a love for Aperol and all things Rugby Italiano. On this episode, we look back at this year's BKTURC season, as it's over for us, the women not turning up versus Scotland, and we ask ourselves, is this upcoming weekend Benetton's biggest ever game? Fucking pigeons trying to make a nest in my, <laughs> on my balcony, in this plant pot, and I've had to put my garden gnome of Dean Bud in there as a scarecrow, and it works for about a few days, and now this pigeons realise that Dean Bud isn't real, and it was just in on my balcony again. We are here to do the podcast, Eddie. I don't understand what it wants. It wants love, Eddie. When I was in primary school, I thought if you disturbed a bird's nest, it basically disappears. Right, Eddie's gone for a wonder. Hang on a second. Is this our rugby podcast or our country file podcast? Because <laughs> I forgot what day of the week it is. Has he gone to fight the pigeon? No, he's wandering around the, ha- the flat saying he can't find his wedding ring, which is concerning, but also not really relevant. It's relevant the... to me because I, have, I haven't left the house a while. I haven't taken it off, so I don't know what's... The pigeon story is way <laughs> more important. The pigeon took his wedding ring. <laughs> <laughs> so fucked off about that pigeon. Right. Uh, Are you done dicking around? I've got a portable speaker and you can put an anti-bird noise on it. Fine, I'll do it later. I can see Ellie's face. She's not happy with me. I'm just trying to keep our house safe. (laughs) From the pigeons? (laughs) Welcome back. It feels like it's been a little while since we've done one of these. Um, I think just because we had, you know, the bonus one and we recorded them quite back to back and now we... We took a few days post um, this weekend's games to start recording. Um, and I think note to selves, we shouldn't do that again because I mean, granted the games were pretty depressing. Um, I feel like I've forgotten a lot of them. Maybe just cancel them out of my mind, which is, you know, a reason we should record straight after the games. But anyway, we're back. I watched them back like a professional. Well done, did you make more notes? Yep, I've got notes. If I get interrupted, it's because the pigeon is on the balcony. Is this a secret code word? No. Well, the URC for Benetton is officially over. They uh, had their final game in South Africa on Saturday, no, Friday night, and uh, and lost. You know, they put in a decent shift considering it was their uh, their B team. Well, B team's a bit strong, but yeah, they rested all the players like we said they should do for the Toulon game. And so loads of young people got game time. It's almost like they listened to the podcast, the previous one, right? Because um, a lot of a lot of the team that you would have picked ended up playing. I know. I'm very knowledgeable. Anyway, Benetton did well with the team they had the first half. They were winning for most of it. Some real standout moments. Let's, um, I mean, I shared it on our socials, but the uh, Gallo is a core try is uh, imprinted into my brain for eternity. Yeah, so please do check that out on our socials. That was a prop and a back row forward doing a try line to try line, full length of the pitch, try, beautiful. And while you're looking at our socials, do please follow us, like us and review us wherever it is you get your podcasts. Great, just because we'll forget to say that at the end of this podcast. Please give us five stars. You wouldn't steal a car. You wouldn't steal a handbag. You wouldn't steal a policeman's hat. A policeman's hat. Piracy is a crime. (laughs) 
I don't know if Ellie would have got that reference. No, no, she wouldn't have got it. I don't know what you're doing, and I don't know if it's relevant. It can be totally cut, but it was funny. So what about that crossfield kick, then? That was a thing of beauty. (laughs) Which one? (laughs) Well, the first one. (laughs) I don't remember. I haven't got the minutes. I haven't got the minutes. It did happen, like, over a week ago, right? No, it happened at the weekend, and today's Tuesday. Okay, but the game was on Friday, and today is Tuesday, so it's been a while. We need to not do this again. We need to comment straight after the game. Look, can I just say, we don't need to go into detail about these games at all, because no one gives a shit. Benetton did a good job. Their second-string teams did well. Their players did well. Zebra scored five tries. They did well. Move on. We don't need to talk a long time about these games. The history books don't give a fuck about these games, and neither do the listeners. (laughs) You can keep all that in, by the way. That was perfect. (laughs) I'll just leave that in. And we'll just talk about the weekend game, which is all we really care about. Because Right, yeah. Should we just skip forward to that? Okay, well, the only couple of things worth mentioning were, yeah, the the, I mean, they played well. The final score, Storm as Banneton, was 38-22. And considering they rested a huge amount of players, Banneton came out, you know, pretty strong. Fell apart in the second half, um, but came out very, very strong, ready to fight. Didi came out with his his baby, which is very cute. Well, that was lovely because Juvenage, who's just been renewed until 2026. I am so happy about this news. It's the news that I've been waiting for because recently, I think through the Freemasons, you've been saying, oh, I'm not sure if he's going to renew. He might be gone. And all this, this, this gossip was really hurting me. I was really not, I, I wasn't ready for him to go. I was very... Um, sort of on edge about that and then he renewed announced today so I am thrilled renewing as player coach player coach so Duvenage Benetton captain the captain when Benetton won the Rainbow Cup he's the one who lifted the trophy up but this was a big weekend for him as well because he's played 350 or over 350 games as a professional rugby player and 90 of those were for the Stormers in South Africa, who Benetton were playing. So Duvenage played the first 40 minutes of the game before being wrapped up in cotton wool for this weekend. Because let's be honest, if it were anybody but the Stormers, he would not have played the first half of that game. Yeah, I don't think so. I think he probably wanted to play for emotional reasons. And his whole family was down there in South Africa, which is obviously where he's from. Great that he's re-signed because he's one of the only people in the squad that's older than me. And that makes me feel young. (laughs) Unfortunately for you two, he is younger than both of you. Okay, by like two weeks. How old is he? I'm not going to give his personal details away, but... He was you born can in just late... Google it. Who do you think you are? <laughs> late May 1988. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, if you say the 22nd of May, is someone coming after him? The fraud. <laughs> you wouldn't steal a DVD. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, he's 34. Um, I am thrilled. So that's good news. Also, Favretto's re-signed, and that's also good news. Favretto was playing in the second row against the Stormers. He's not one of, in inverted commas, one of the first choice second rows for Benetton, but he is very much there as a covering option, and he is good, and with more game time, he can get better and better and better and better and better. Yeah. But yes, they rested most of the the key guys who they're going to need um this weekend. Zuliani, however, did start. They did try to kill him. He had a great couple first sort of 10, 15, 20 minutes. He was in there trying to, you know, work his way through malls, um trying to turn over balls and then Evan Ruse tried to kill him. Yeah, slammed his head into the floor. Slammed and Lee Davidson thought it was just a yellow, which I was a little bit I, I don't thought know. it was just a yellow. Did you? Yeah. Did you watch it at full speed, though? Maybe. 
Well, I don't know. our listeners should watch it. It's online. Italians Abroad, the great Twitter page and Instagram, they've put the video up of it. And you'll see this guy grabs his scrum cap and just slams his head into the floor with yeah. his full body weight behind it. And if he wasn't wearing a scrum cap, it's, I think, a definite concussion. And it was malicious and it was unnecessary. And yeah. it's akin to just slamming someone's head into a wall. And it's not his first time doing this. So I was so shocked by this weird gesture that I went back and actually he's done a really similar thing in the past against both Edinburgh and Leinster. So I don't know if like retrospectively you can tell this guy to sort it out, but he obviously needs to sort it out because yeah, okay, in this case, they thought it was a yellow. I thought it looked really dangerous, but there we are. Luckily, nothing happens to Zuliani. He did sort of stay down for a while, but he got up and continued to play. So fingers crossed he will be with us this weekend because he's one of my faves. He's great. They didn't have enough players down in South Africa to rest absolutely everyone that they would have liked. And he was one of the people that had to step up and play. But by him stepping up and playing, it meant that they were able to rest Michele Lamaro and Sebastian Negri. Okay, I've just rewatched it. <laughs> the one on Italian rugby players abroad is sped up no that's just normal speed no gravity doesn't move that fast but yeah it looks bad it looks bad sped it up i don't know i'm an old romantic i think you should be able to do that (laughs) smash people's heads (laughs) into the ground that actually reminds me i don't know if um uh you saw it coach but today a video has been circulating about what's it called um american rugby oh uh major league rugby yeah, there's a video that's doing the rounds of the two coaches of these two major league rugby teams. Um, one of them just bitch slaps this guy across the face. Can you say bitch slap? No. Slaps this guy across the face. You can say uh, bitch slap to start a podcast. Who's going to complain? I don't know. It just feels a bit sexist. Anyway, slaps this guy across the face, the other coach. And then the other coach retaliates by punching him in the face. You're like, what is happening? Bitch punching him in the face. Well, <laughs> I'll take that because it it's a it's a strong punch. It's passion. So coach thinks that should be allowed. Yeah. Nobody can see him, but you sort of look the way that you're positioned today, coach. You look a little bit like when they um in a rugby game they the cameras cut to the guy in the like little shed as a TMO who's like reviewing all of the game. <laughs> Real TMO vibes. Also the way in which you just said I've looked back over the footage. <laughs> I've got yeah. a decision for you. And it was fine. Play on. Um, all in all, I think they put a decent performance out there. Obviously, it was not enough to beat them at home, to beat the Stormers, but they played pretty well. Um, for me, some standout performers, I thought that obviously Zuliani, we mentioned him. Minotzi had a decent game back after some time out. And Alonghi also had a decent game, I thought, all things considered. He seems to bleed from his right ear a lot. Well, he was bleeding last week from his ear and it hasn't had time to repair. Yeah. I can't believe he's 22 years old. I know. He looks about 40. Talk about age. Yeah, he looks older than us. Um, By long, I thought he was older than us. I thought he was one of the oldest players on the team. So the fact that he's 22 actually gives me great hope for his future. He's going to be amazing. Yeah, hopefully, right? Because I thought he was old and haggard and that was why he was kind of meh, okay. But if he's 22, that means that he's on the up. When you consider how good he is and you think he's 22 playing tight head prop, or you can forgive everything that he gets wrong and go, he's going to be sensational. I can't believe it. He does look about 40. Um, However, if I were his mother, I would tell him to tape up his ears because they're bleeding too much. And he's too young. You don't want to get gross ears. So if you're listening, 
Elongi. Or Elongi's mother. Anyway, I thought he had a pretty decent game. So some of the guys who had to step up did step up. And lots of the players who came in, really, especially in that first half, they really put a marker down for their selection. And, you know, now they've got, because of the World Cup, they've got a big old wait before the season starts again. And so that game time they just had is going to be invaluable because I think that changes everything about how you approach an off-season. If you haven't played for ages at the end of the last season, well, it's yeah. hard to get more focused. But if you have a really positive memory from the end of the season, you're able to yeah. crack on. What is it, coach? What's funny? I'm just reading my notes. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be more specific when I write notes when I watch the game because... <laughs> Obviously, time passes, and I've literally just got here one bullet point that just says, great offload. <laughs> so, thought I'd mention that. That just says, great offload. Like, okay. That's, don't say we don't bring you guys any value to this podcast. Don't say it's not great specific content. Um, but there were, there were some great offloads. Um, actually, was? maybe it was in relation to the fact that there were some very good offloads on our, on their five meter line, but then we ended up always uh, uh, towards the end somehow fucking them up, whether it was with a line out that was stolen or dropping the ball over the five meter line. Um, too many little mistakes towards the ends um, of, of attacking opportunities. All in all, that's the end of the PKT URC for Benetton. The other game that we had was Zebre. Zebre's score was? The Lions 50, Zebre 35. This was a real Zebre game. They scored 35 points and still lost. They scored five tries but still lost. Yeah. Simona Jesse got a hat trick, but still lost. But the positives there are obvious to go down to South Africa and score 35 points against the Lions. That's no easy thing to do. And they're close, but they need to spend an off-season of really boring, tiring, defensive work. Yeah. I mean, they did better than us in terms of they came away with a try bonus point. We didn't. So actually, Zebre's season finishes with zero wins, but... 11 points. Which is two more points than they got last season. And they got a win last season. And I'm confident, quietly confident, that next season they'll get some wins. I think just a little a little bit of a swing, them being a little bit better, a bit more experienced. I think Jake Pelledry coming in, not just with his playing ability, but with that personality being there, is going to really help that team get onto winning ways. And I reckon they're not actually far away from being a mid-table team. But so much of that is mentality. Mentality and the desire to actually like see games out because they're too casual with the fact that they lose all the time. I'd agree, but I think someone like Jake Pelledrew is going to help change that. And maybe, you never know, they'll get a couple of other signings possibly in the summer. They're not far. 11 bonus points. Yeah, that's probably on a par with some of the bonus points received from, you know, the top end of the table, right? Yeah, Glasgow, 11 bonus points as well. Decent. They're up there with, I mean, the average bonus point for like the top eight teams is probably about 13 so if only they could convert some of those to wins that's what they need to do. they need to start winning it's so obvious but they do need to start winning they need to get rid of this they need to shake this sort of poor man's harlequins where they sort of 
nice throw, no coconut, losing games. Because at least Harlequins win occasionally. Occasionally. Anyway, that's the end of the URC for the Italian teams. Um, again, if we look at Benetton, they finished 11th this year, which is disappointing because they were sort of between 8th, 9th for most of the season. Um, and then unfortunately, just you know, they had a couple of tough games towards the end. So they finished 11th, which is a shame. I feel like they could have finished 9th or 10th. Um, but it's still an improvement on the previous season where they finished 13th. But both of those seasons are disappointing for Benetton. This season, it, it all fell apart about halfway through when they were absolutely smashed by Glasgow. They lost to Connacht when they shouldn't have. They were smashed by Edinburgh. They went through a period in the middle of the season where they just couldn't get anything right. You forget how bad they were in that period of time because they've turned it all around and now look like a really strong side. Yeah. But they can't afford to have a patch as bad as that in a season. And also you kind of forget that they've only won two away games yeah the entire season so actually to come 11th having only won two games away from home which you know in in that you're including two dar well one away game with zebra which i think was the only one of the two that they won away ospreys and zebra i think were the ones they won this season away from home you can't expect to qualify in the top eighth and go to the playoffs if you can't win away from home so that's the main takeaway i think from this season is a combination of mentality when you're playing away from home, but also Bortolami not doing such huge kind of changes in his teams whenever they leave the house. Well, it felt like this year that they were really targeting playing at home and they wanted to make a Manigo a fortress. Tick, job done. They've done that. I think Manigo is a bit of a fortress now. And now it's about the next phase, which is, okay, now let's consistently win away from home as well. I mean, obviously, we've mentioned it briefly, but Didi's signing to stay on for another three years um, in this kind of player coach thing. I think he's obviously going to start through coaching the youth teams or whatever. But what he will bring in terms of just developing the mindset of players when they travel, if he is going to be adapting, you know, more towards the coaching side, I think he can bring a lot. And let's not forget next year, they've got Uren coming in as scrum half from Bristol and also Fekatoa, mm-hmm. former All Black centre. He's coming in. So Benetton are going to have an even stronger squad next year. On top of that, you remember it's a young team that's constantly getting better and older. It'll be yeah. interesting to see because obviously, you know, we probably won't be doing weekly episodes over the summer when it's a little bit quieter, but there will be signings, sellings, etc. So it'll be interesting to see along with who's coming and joining the team, who's leaving. I think Bellini's off to the top 10. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not confirmed, but I would not be surprised. Well, he'd be good in the top 10. But yes, here's to a decent 2022-2023 season for Benetton, but hoping for a better one next year. I think yes. there's no reason why they can't keep climbing. The aim has to be for next year, Benetton need to get in the playoffs and Zebre need to be not, not last at the bottom yeah and also maybe not just second to last because they've done that a few times as well two or three spots mm-hmm. away from the bottom of the table that's what uh, they need to be aiming for and what will help that i don't know ellie what will help that the welsh teams will help them hopefully because the sort of the decline in 
the finishings for the Welsh teams over the last few years on the table has been really interesting. Yeah, so Zebra need to capitalise on that. The Welsh regions are losing a bunch of players. The budget is going to be much smaller than it has been previously. Zebra's budget isn't big either. It's small, but this is a team with young people. They've had their beginning of next season. They're another year more experienced. Enough is enough. They need to just switch it on now. And I think they're able to do it. Yep, yep, yep. So yes, we will comment more on the URC as, you know, new things come to light. Obviously, there's still uh, quarterfinals, semifinals, finals for, for other teams to play. But Benetton's season is over of the URC. Before we talk about what Benetton have to look forward to, um, we should very quickly touch on the Women's Six Nations that happened last weekend. Scotland versus Italy. I went into this expecting a very comfortable win and they lost. Well, I think the Italian players also went into it by the looks of it expecting a very comfortable win and they lost. 29 Scotland, Italy 21. It just looked like one team actually wanted it and the yeah. other team kind of expected it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole game, I was sort of like, okay, we're not playing very well, but eventually we'll turn it up. They'll switch it on. Eventually they'll switch it on. Eventually they'll... Come on, guys. Eventually, I mean, eventually they'll win this game. I'm not worried. They'll, they'll win this game. And then suddenly you're at the 70th minute and it doesn't look like they're going to switch it on. It was a bit of a shit show and they suffered for it because now they're not going to come third. No. That's not going to happen to them anymore. So they've lost that. By losing this game, they also lost a position in the world rankings they've dropped a position yes which is very important because when sylvia was on the podcast you'll remember that she was saying that how you finish in the six nations will affect the tiering for this autumn tournament that they're doing so a they've lost the potential to finish third and b they've lost a whole place in in the world rankings. so yeah, it's bad. And if they play like that, they're not going to beat Wales. No. Pure and simple. Hopefully they've learnt their lessons and they're able to move on. The errors to me seemed pretty obvious. I mean, it was ridiculous, a ridiculous amount of handling errors. Um, I think in the first 15, 16 minutes, they had five just dropped balls, knock-ons. It was just not good enough. And that didn't sort of sort itself out later on. It kind of continued throughout the rest of the game. And then, I mean, the line-outs. The line-outs, the line-outs, the line-outs. I mean, literally, the line-outs were terrible. And the statistics make it sound like they were okay because they did a couple of quick ones, you know, just five metres. But any time they actually went to a proper line-out, it was a total and utter disaster. Scotland scored their tries, you know, line-outs, malls, efficient, did well yeah. in that area. Italy absolutely fell apart. Oh, and the Scottish scrum ended up dominating in a way that, again, caught everyone basically sleeping. It was it was just a bit of a shit show. Let's put it that way. The I mean, Scottish women hadn't won a game for twelve games. They had yeah. no right to win this game, but they were hungry for it. Yeah. Well, they got a yellow card in the beginning half, didn't they? And they scored off soon after. So that's probably got in their head for the second half. And a red card, uh, sort of sixty odd minutes in. Again, discipline. We didn't help ourselves. Um, there are a couple of people who, as usual, had in my opinion, tried to, you know, pull the game back. Jada Franco, Tunezi, a couple of just real powerhouses who did what they could do, but it wasn't enough to save the game. And no. they didn't even get a losing bonus point, right? Because they finished eight points behind. No, I really hope some lessons have been learnt there because that was very frustrating. One game left and it's at home. So Italy, Wales to come. Um, and yes, Wales have been looking pretty good. 
they're going to have to really regroup and sort it out ahead of this game if they have if they want to have any chance of winning it. And you can potentially be complacent in one game. It's not unheard of, but you need to bounce back. And now's an opportunity massively to bounce back. And the Italy-Wales game should be an absolute cracker. We look forward to it. But I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to even more. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Well, coach, did you know what's happening on Sunday? Is it bank holiday? <laughs> it's bank holidays. It might be. Have you got church on, on Sunday as well? No, but bank holiday Monday, that's that's what everyone's talking about in the office. <laughs> I hate you guys, you bohemians. Benetton played too long. Benetton played too long in the semi-finals of the Challenge Cup. Big grudge match. Well, big grudge match for us. Yeah. Because... Toulon kicked Benetton out of the Challenge Cup in the knockouts last year. And now is Benetton's chance to go back and put things right. Same team, a year older, a year better, a year wiser. Let's see what they can do. Oh, I'm nervous. I'm excited. I'm all of the things. Um, I really think, again, I'm going to jinx it, but I think we can do it. Do you remember when we watched the Rainbow Cup and we had very little hope for that game? We had a lot of spritz ready for that game. It was to numb the pain or to it celebrate? It was. I think originally it was to numb the pain. And then as that game went on, we kept pouring the spritz because it was just the most exciting game ever. Um, yeah, the question, guys, for this weekend is, is this Benetton's biggest game ever so far? Barring maybe the Rainbow Cup final, right? Well, there's the Rainbow Cup yeah. final, which obviously potentially is bigger because it was an actual final. First time the South African teams were playing the Pro 14 sides. Benetton and the Bulls made it to the final from their respective pools. And Benetton smashed the Bulls, which no one saw coming, which yeah. was amazing. A few years ago, Benetton made it into a playoff for the URC and just lost against Munster. Yeah. But I think maybe a semi-final of a European tournament is probably the biggest game in Benetton's history. No pressure. <laughs> so the question is, what do they need to do this weekend? The good news is that, I mean, obviously Toulon will be packed full of Toulon supporters, but from what we've gathered, there should be a decent Italian contingent as well at the game. I mean, we make up two people, but um, Eddie and the Freemasons has heard that there's a decent amount of support coming. The official group are getting coaches from Treviso to Toulon. That's over 11 hours on the coach to go and support Benetton. And there's definitely over 100 of them. And right. then I'd imagine a bunch of people are going separately who don't fancy spending that long on a coach. They're making their own way there. Or maybe they don't live in Treviso and they're making their own way there. But yes, um, I... Well, some of, the, some of the players are uh, kayaking there from that picture. So <laughs> no, they're... no, they're kayaking to the final, coach. That's it. That's in oh. Dublin. Well, good. <laughs> Kayak, canoe, is there a difference? I don't know. It was a canoe. There is a difference between a kayak and a canoe. There's oh. definitely a difference. I think you sit in one, you sit on the other. One of them covers you and one of them you sit on. Oh, a kayak you sit in and a canoe you sit on. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe the other way around. I don't know. Like a kayak, I think you're right. You sort of slip into it and it covers you. And then a kayak, a canoe has like seats. My uncle, yeah. when he's listening to this, will be yelling at the podcast, yelling the difference. We'll get a WhatsApp <laughs> clarifying the difference between a kayak and a canoe. And we'll update you on that difference next week. Anyway, talking about complacency, what were you going to say? Maybe 
I know Toulon have been targeting this tournament. They've been working really hard at this tournament, but their top 14, their top 14, has really come alive and they're close now to getting a playoff in the top 14. Mm-hmm. And their games that they've got coming up are against La Rochelle, Racing and Bordeaux immediately after us. So there's a possibility that maybe with that just around the corner, that maybe the team that they send out against Benetton is not going to be their all firing team because we know these French sides can generally favor the top 14. Mm-hmm. We can't we can't rest on that. We can't rely on that. No. Benetton, they're going to send their best team and they're going to play their absolute best. But yeah. when I looked at that and I looked at the top 14 table and saw that actually they can't afford to lose any of those games, I got a little bit hopeful that maybe, maybe there'd be a couple of rotations. Well, we know for sure that, well, I would put money on the fact that Sergio will be playing. He won't want to miss an opportunity to beat Benetton, I expect. I think you're probably right there. But I put it to you guys. It's a big game. Let's spend two minutes discussing this. Who's your team? Um, I have heard on the grapevine, this is a bit of a scoop, coach. I don't know if there's fact to this scoop, but there is word that Simone Ferrari may be back for this game. Mm. I leave that with you for your team selection. And that would be massive for anyone listening who can't remember who exactly who he is. He's the Benetton tight head prop who kept Saracens Riccione on the bench for most of the Six Nations. Yeah. So my team for this game is, and maybe put some backing music on it, <laughs> number one, the Argentinian international number one, Tommaso Gaggio. Number two, the Italian hooker, Nico Terra. Number three, the Italian international tight head, Ferrari. Number four, number five, the strongest powerhouse in international rugby, Rutzer and Canone. Number six, Sebastian Negri. Number seven, Michele Lamaro. Number eight, Baby Canone. Number nine, DD Captain Duvernaga. Number ten, the Argentinian international, Thomas Albanoz. Number 12, the Italian international baby, Menoncello. Number 13, the Argentinian but Italian international centre, Rex. Number 11, Marcus Watson. Number 14, Padovani. Number 15, even though I'm slightly concerned, I've just seen a picture of him in Austria looking like he's on holiday, Rhino Smith. I think that's a great, great, great shout. Yeah, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't play with that. I think that's almost exactly what I would do myself. I'd have, I'd have started with the manga. Would you? The manga, mm. yeah. And Albanoz on the bunch? Yeah. Interesting. Um, Wait, so Smith is on holiday in Austria? That's not okay. Get him. I've just seen earlier today that Franco Smith Jr., the player for Zebre and Franco Smith Sr.'s son, has posted a picture on Instagram of him in Austria with Rhino Smith. Now, I don't know if this was from yesterday. I don't know if it was from this week. I don't know if it was from today. I don't know if it was just a day trip to Austria. It's only six hours away from Treviso. I don't know. But I'm slightly concerned 
when I see that. But then I haven't read any reports that say that Rhino is unavailable to play. But obviously that number 15 shirt is just so his. nailed on for him. I wouldn't worry I, if Smith isn't starting. I'll be writing a very strongly worded letter. <laughs> Because Minotzi was, I thought, very good last weekend. And it's great to see him coming back. Yeah, but, but it's, it's, in, just... it's incomparable. Yeah, no, Rhino stage. Smith is something so special. Yeah. Interesting you'd start Umaga. I could, I could kind of see that because I think Albanoz is an explosive player. He's great off the bench. Bortolami often goes for a 6-2. And Albanoz is exactly the kind of player you want on the bench if you're running a 6-2. Because he can play fly half, he can play on the wing. You could probably put him at fullback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, True. I just think he's he's too good to have on the bench. I do think he's just a little bit better than Umanga. I mean, Umanga had a great game a couple of games ago, but yeah, I think Albanos think... has a bit more. Mm, I don't know. I think he'll turn up. I'm sure he'll be on the bench anyway. We yeah. will get to see him, but I probably would have started him. But again, this kind of shows the level that Benetton have got at. And I don't think it's really been reached in the press yet how good this side is. Mm-hmm. The fact that you're looking at this like, who are we going to pick? Are we going to pick Jacob Umanga, who used to be one of the shining lights of the Premiership? Or are we going to pick an Argentinian international? And, and and these two are fighting it out for this position. And also, I remind you, at the beginning of this season we just had, we didn't have a fly half. Yeah. We didn't know who the hell was going to play fly half. Why, why didn't we have a fly half, coach? What happened? I don't know. This guy we used to employ decided to leave. For... <laughs> well, actually, that was remember. the season before last. So last season, we didn't have oh, a fly yeah. half. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. It does. And obviously, we forget that we've still got legends like Zuliani, who presumably will be on the bench. The competition to get on that team is massive. Massive, 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 massive. I am so excited. We fly out. Um, I'm praying for decent weather because the weather in the uk has been pretty rubbish i was in rome last week and it was lovely but i've come back to pretty awful weather and you know you book a a little mini holiday to the south of france and you expect glorious weather um so hopefully it won't rain wow mediterranean in march not a bad time of year april coach it's it's the end of april it's nearly may (laughs) (laughs) cut that I'm pretty sure we fly out on the 29th of April and come back on the 1st of May. I am a competent human. (laughs) He holds down a full-time job, guys. I do. I'm in charge of people. That's worrying. (laughs) You thought it was March. Yeah, no, it's May. So, yes, the weather should be good. And I'm so excited to meet travelling Benetton fans. I think it'll be so, so fun. Plenty of spritz to be had. Uh, We didn't actually clarify if they do spritz in the south of france well we'll let everyone know because if everyone follows our social media we will be posting regularly and keeping everyone up to date with exactly what is going on on the french riviera if you're there let us know send us get, sl- slide into our dms guys let us know you're there um saying and... saying it's going to be cloudy <laughs> thanks coach <laughs> coach is coach just, just trying to help He's bringing the mood down because he's not coming. But Coach is holding out. Coach isn't coming to Toulon but he, because he basically only wants to grace Benetton with his presence in a final. So he's holding out. 
um, for Dublin. Indeed. As we all are. The only other thing I would say, just about other Italian rugby news, obviously it was quite fun at the weekend to have Riccione and um, Fischetti playing against each other in that London-Irish Saracens game, tight head versus loose head. But maybe even more exciting than that, for the first time, Francois Carlo May, the 19-year-old, got his first start in the top quatorze for Clermont. And that's been quite a rise because he'd played in there for them in Europe. Then he was on the bench in the top 14. And now he's starting for them in the top 14 at outside centre. So he could play full back for the Italian under 20s and outside centre for Clermont. I think that just shows how talented he is. And he's 19 years old. And to be honest, while we watched him, you said, you know, you wouldn't know that it was his first start for Clermont. He came on strong. I didn't see him miss a tackle. He looked so He did some great carries. Yeah, yeah. He's so exciting. 19, he's pretty stacked and versatile. So fingers crossed for him. It'd be interesting to see if he gets any more games in the rest of the season. I imagine he probably will do. And then, you know, if he gets a couple of games and he's that talented, well then, you know, is Kieran Crowley going to offer him some sort of position in the in the summer tests and see how he yeah. does? Is he good enough to then be hanging around the World Cup squad for Italy? Capuzzo's injured, his season's over. Yeah, but hopefully he'll be back for the World Cup. Well, you'd hope, yeah. But um, I was reading a, a great interview um on carbo rugby if you don't follow them follow them they also have a podcast in italian called leone fuori which is brilliant if you understand italian listen to them um and they interviewed him and he was saying that he's not heard from kieran crowley yet and they put the question to him you know if um if the south african team came calling or the italian team came calling where would you go um because by blood i think he's full south african and he but he was born and grew up in italy and he was like well I think my gut would be Italy. But I'm kind of like, Kieran, can you get on the phone and hurry that up? Because I don't really want his gut to change in the in the next couple of months. I don't think it would. Imagine, because he's, he's played Itali- all the Italian age groups. And to be able to play with the people that you've grown up with at that level, I think, is, 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 is more important than going back and playing. Yeah. For... It would ruin the legacy. It wouldn't be the ending he wants. And I think his father as well said that if it was a choice, his father would want him to choose Italy. It's very romantic. So, you know, fingers crossed it all comes together because it should. He's great. And if we, if we miss, if, we, if he slips through our fingers, coach, another stern letter must be written. I'm free if they want any help. <laughs> But all of this is what's so exciting about Italian rugby right now. And yet, we talk about the results disappointing in the table for Benetton, disappointing in the table for Zebre. But, you know, it's continuous that this, this good news is coming. You know, you look at Italy against Scotland. Simona Jesse got his first cap for Italy, starting at number 11. At the weekend, Simone Jesse scored a hat-trick in South Africa. At the same time as that was going on, there was this chap playing in the under-20s for Italy, a teenager, and now he's starting for Claremont. These young guys are just coming through and through and through and better and better and better. And at the same time as after the World Cup, you're going to expect a bunch of the Welsh old guard to finally retire 
a bunch of English players to retire, a bunch of Scottish players to retire. I can't think of any Italian players who are in that World Cup squad who are going to retire. Yeah, I could maybe think of like one or two, but maybe no more than that. Maybe Marco Fusa or Cicciarelli. But in all fairness to them, they're very much on the periphery of the Italian squad and sort of are called in as and when required. But no one in that main bulk will be retiring. And most people in that main bulk are very, very young. Babies. Yeah, you're right. It's exciting. And that's why we started this podcast. Right, before we finish it um, and wrap things up, I think we should take over our, our usual segment. What made Coach Mad this week? So I don't like social media accounts when they post a halftime score because (laughs) if I'm trying to not watch the game, I do not have the self-control or discipline to not be on social media. And the amount of games, it's ruined for me by having the score. It's just so unnecessary. It's like, guys, just get something else to post. Or just don't post. I think you might be on the losing side on that one. It's such an unnecessary post, though. It is a bit unnecessary. You're right, because what do you get from that? Yeah. What do I get? It's like I'm either watching the game with you and I know the score or you're just telling me a bunch of numbers. It's like that's not the end of the the game. So why are you posting it? Yeah, but then surely by that logic, you'd you'd get the spoiler at the end of the game anyway if you're trying. Look, no one said coach is rational. Coach doesn't have to be rational. And that's what makes coach mad this week it sounded stronger in my head (laughs) no it's fine it's perfect you're entitled to your opinion coach and um well you did ask yeah we did you're right the rest of us normally when when we're avoiding a score or a game we just don't go on the socials but um but not coach he's he's too in touch Damn right. This has been great. I'm so hoping that when we next record, we are spritzing till we die because we're in the final. I, I don't know what else we can cross, but um, uh, at the end of the day, if we lose, we're in the south of France. So we'll we'll spritz to console ourselves overlooking the Mediterranean. And if they lost, they can still be incredibly proud of this. Yeah. But let's hope they do better than that. All roads lead to Dublin. Ciao ragazzi. Bye. Ciao a tutti.